What is up, guys? I just got back from the Leica store in Boston, which is pretty cool. Um, I live in Boston, Massachusetts, and in the real fancy part of town, they opened up a Leica store. So it's like this great showroom with all the new Leica cameras. We got to try them out. They have a gallery. It's pretty awesome. They run a lot of events. That's how we kind of got um, involved with them. And my wife is running an event that they're going to be an, a, a sponsor of. So that's pretty cool. And I was there checking them all out. And I'm kind of into the Leica Q. I kind of want to review it. Might be doing some stuff with them in the future. Who knows? Um, but this this podcast isn't about Leica cameras, though. Maybe I'll talk about it right at the end. Um, I wanted to dig this one about some user call-ins, and so we're going to talk about computers, we're going to talk about lights, and we're going to talk about light meters, and some other stuff. Hey, what's up, Matt? Uh, I don't know if you ever heard about Magma PCL Express. It's a box, literally. Uh, you can put it uh, through a Thunderbolt li a lightning cable. So uh, what I heard and what I saw was uh, this is a GPU accelerator. So you can put a NVIDIA card or ADM card in it, plug it with a Thunderbolt port and uh, you can accelerate your graphics in your, in your, in your media card. So you can check it out, uh, Magma Express PCL, check it. Hey, thanks so much for the call-in. If you can, when you do call in, could you write a title on the call-in? It helps me understand and remember what the call was about, and it helps other people that then listen to it on the station to also know what they're listening to. So uh, the suggestion was to use an external GPU, I believe, and Racer makes them, I think Sonnet. There's a couple different companies that are... Uh, making external GPUs, and they've been primarily for Hackintoshes and for PC, but I believe now, based on some other call-ins that we'll get to and stuff I've seen on the internet, is that the MacBook Pros and the Apple ecosystem is opening up this architecture as well. So that's pretty exciting for people like myself who need Octane to use GPUs and people who need like the NVIDIA uh, CUDA cores for Adobe and that sort of thing. So that's something I'll definitely check into. I don't have a ton of money to throw into that world to experiment yet, but maybe there's some brand deals that can happen that can get me uh, something like that to try out for a little while, and then I'll figure out which ones I'd actually want to keep. So I'll definitely check that out and post any findings I have on YouTube. And I'm not like a computer pro at all. I'm kind of like a buy-off-the-shelf kind of person. I just want to get to work. I don't want to spend time building a computer or breaking computers, which is probably what would happen. But uh, that is something that is interesting to me, and maybe I'll tinker with in the future. Hey, Matt. What's up? Dan here. I just thought I'd give you a quick call-in with regards to your last little section where you mentioned you'd potentially be interested in a HPZ system or something similar. I switched from Mac to PC a couple of months ago myself and got myself a HPZ240 which is sort of their base entry model. I do all of my editing in Premiere and it's just insane how fast it is compared to my Macs that I was using in the past. I know I could probably do this with any PC but being able to have a separate SSD for my OS, my media cache and footage and other stuff is just awesome. And my render times now are just crazy fast. You definitely won't regret it if you go the HPZ route. I'm sure one of the higher end models with a couple of NVIDIA 1080s will suit your needs just fine. 
You'll have to let us all know what route you decide to go down in the end. Keep up the good work, man. Take it easy. Hey, Dan, thanks for the call in. I mean, that's great. It's great to hear that the HPC system is working out for you. I know that, like, because I follow Linus Tech Tips and some of the hardcore PC people, I'll probably be laughed off the internet by them for buying an off the shelf PC because I guess it's more expensive. But for me, um, I would kind of want, if I'm going to spend, like, the money like we're talking like you know three to five thousand or even more dollars i kind of would like having the brand to back it up if something goes wrong or just feel more secure that it's actually going to work versus i know if you can like you know everything about the computers and you know how to min max and that sort of thing but i I don't know that much about it i know you need motherboards that can handle the having enough pci lanes to, to deal with all the extra cards and all that stuff sort of in theory and what ram works better but i do kind of want to use uh, an off-the-shelf PC if I can, if it's going to work out. So either Box or HPZ or Puget, or there's a couple other ones I've been talking with. If I can figure out something with those companies where I can use it um, and then promote it and talk about it at the same time, I'm, I'm, I personally would rather go with that. So it's great to hear that the HPZ series have worked out for you. And I know people that are using some of the higher-end higher HPZs that are really happy with them as well. And that's one of the reasons they're kind of high on the list for a system to work with. So appreciate the... Uh, the vote towards HPZ. Hey Matt, what do you think? Do we need the newer digital Sekonic like meters or an old Sekonic, those one, uh, old ones with a dial and battery used for analog photography? Do they still hold some value at all? Because you know I'm on a budget and I, and I think I, and I like the old stuff and vintage lenses and all these things and I don't know I'm thinking about getting an, an old one. Hey, thanks for the call in. It's a, it's a funny question that you said you related the vintage lenses to the vintage light meters and that you like vintage lenses so you might like vintage light meters. I would say the light meters that use the dials, like the really old school ones with like the thermometer style readings, those would terrify me. I, I don't know if I could trust something like that. I would always want to test it against um, a proper electronic digital light meter. <laughs> every time now i get the aesthetic of it i'm not sure personally i would trust it you know i still have a Siconic l758 cine which was like the, or still kind of is the standard i feel like it has to be one of the most uh, commonly used meters on the market um and one of the things that i've heard with the 858 which i have now the Siconic 858 is that they they went back and they re redesigned the sensor and a lot of the electronics so that it's more sensitive now so if you're trying to use iso 1600 or 3200 or something like that. I believe the older meters were only calibrated up to like like 800 or 1000. They don't go very high with the ISOs. Um, they just didn't have to deal with that back then. So that's that's one of the main reasons is to be able to um, measure lower light levels. So that's a big arg argument for the 858 even over the 758 Cine. So that's one of the main things. You know, I guess if you calibrate an analog meter and you trust it and it's going to work, that's cool and you get to be that guy on set with the analog meter. But I, I would personally feel a little bit, um, a little bit iffy if they're going to be as reliable as just a, a normal uh, 858 or even the smaller 438 or whatever it is. The, the digital ones I feel like are a little bit safer and more reliable over time. Hi Matt, that was really useful information about the light meter. Um, I just wanted to ask you this. I got an Icon LED uh, bicolor light that I've had for about five years now. 
and it was a lot of money. It was probably about two thousand um, dollars, and it's like five hundred bulbs. Um, and today or yesterday, I bought a uh, newer or newer um, bicolor light, and the brightness is pretty much the same. Um, after you talking about the light meter, I haven't got one, so I just got one of the free apps just to see if I could get a basic reading. And yeah, it looked like um, this cheap light was um, doing about the same job as my really expensive light. Does that make sense to you? Um, have light prices come down or uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on that. So I believe the question is... Um, can less expensive, possibly third-party LEDs, be better or as good as the more expensive ones? And I think the answer to that is definitely yes. Now, a few years ago, the answer was no. If you were buying, like, consumer or even almost prosumer LED products for the movie industry or the film industry or whatever content industry it is at this point, um, yeah, the CRIs were terrible. TLCI, um, which, are, again, they're not the best ratings in the world, but they they didn't look good on camera. They were crappy. They had green spikes, blah, blah, blah. They flickered, that sort of stuff. But these days... There are more and more affordable LEDs that do look good. Now, your specific use case, I'd have to look at them. And I don't judge LED panels or anything like that by their output. They're all fairly similar with output in, in, in a way that like I wouldn't judge one and to be massively better um, than the other. And LEDs don't have very much output in general, so it's not like a, it's something I really look at too much and that someone's really innovative like i think the razor apparently is like really really bright and the sputniks i really like uh their brightness for their size as well but the thing i would look at uh with any led is basically does it look good on skin is the color rendition with the camera you're using does it look good you know like if the lower budget one looks good to you and you can key your talent with it and their skin tone looks normal and it's less expensive then go for it that's good that's that's all that matters if it looks good what do you, what are you worried about you know and i guess the other thing is possibly build quality you know are the connections going to break is this thing going to last very long you know are you on location those are the other things and and those are why some of the more premium brands like um re sky panels and i i haven't used the kinoflow selects but i'm just assuming these kind of like slightly more expensive brands or, or massively more expensive brands they're really designed to be like thrown in a truck and survive and and that's that goes into the build quality whereas some of the consumer prosumer leds they're made out of plastic they're lightweight they're cheaper because they're meant to be you know owned by people that just keep them in their house or they do very light travel versus legit film industry lights are meant to be destroyed you know and basically can handle a lot more they can go outside their connections are a lot more robust so um in summary if the more expensive or i'm sorry if the more affordable led looks good to you for what you're using it for then it's working and it's fine if it, and it's the build quality that's not going to explode after a year or something like that again all the power to you, you know. Uh, your exact use case, I don't know much about the um, that prosumer LED level. The only ones I work with are Aperture that are in, in that style. Uh, I haven't used uh, Came TV or um, what are you talking? You were talking about iCan LEDs. I haven't used them, but so I don't really know. Westco, I've never used any of those kind of um, other types of LEDs, but I'm sure they're getting better and better every year. LED technology is improving, and I'm sure the prices are coming down because of that. This is all saved, but for the higher-end people who are, uh, again, their, their, their material cost and their build quality is part of the reason I think it's so expensive. Hey, Matt. 
Tony from South Texas here. I have to say, I agree with you uh, on the red apple scenario. Um, I know that a lot of professionals who are on the Mac have been uh, not happy with what they've been doing, the lackluster interest in the community, but I think that's changed. I think that is changing. And with their announcement of the iMac Pro and upcoming modular professional desktop, um, I think that's going to change. You know, they've also announced support for eGPU, so I'm really, really excited about that, giving some life to my existing hardware. Having said that, uh, you should definitely take a look at Final Cut 10. It just screams on uh, the Mac machines. And I really don't have a problem with it cutting, um, you know, 5K, 6K red files. So definitely take a look at that. Also, Resolve. Resolve is a pretty interesting and amazing editor as well in its own right. All right. Talk to you soon. Tony, thank you so much for the call. And did you say that there's a new module uh, desktop Apple computer that's coming out? Because I haven't heard about that. Uh, that would be something that I would be possibly interested in. Though I'm definitely like more of like a... Uh, a laptop person because I do travel, you know, so I am I do like the idea of having uh, a portable computer and just buying like accessories to it that sort of thing I wonder are the new because like, I have a Thunderbolt Apple display is that gonna work with the next Types of uh, MacBook Pros that are coming out. I'm not so sure. Can I use that with a PC? I've never looked into that kind of stuff, but it does seem Possibly and I'm mostly trusting um, Jared Land from uh, Red Camera as far as he's obviously on the front lines of computer technology and, and he's working with them with Apple and AMD and NVIDIA and all these companies or at least is seemingly working with them. He seems to say that, that Apple is hinting that Apple is really been turning it around for the pro community. So that's something I'm excited for. You know, they want to sell premium expensive products. There's no community of people willing, more willing to throw down more money for more power and more quality than the professional video and professional um, visual effects industry. I mean, we we have to. You know, we, you want to debate or AK red footage. I mean, you Apple make a twenty thousand dollar computer and there's there's people that are gonna buy it. I know people that have like fifteen thousand dollar Mac Pros and didn't blink an eye. They're like, that's just what's that's the cost of doing business. So to ignore that community seems uh, a bit silly. So hopefully. And I believe Resolve and all these other companies that have been CUDA core and video only are now allowing for AMD stuff. So uh, it seems like there's going to be lots of opportunities. And I think on the PC side, a friend of mine, um, Brendan Clement, said he's been using an MSI uh, laptop, which looks like a great option. So I'm thinking about either an MSI laptop for the PC or possibly even um, the Dell XPS is looking really good. So th there's a ton of options. I still don't know where I stand. It's just more confusing than ever. It's kind of like, hey, I'm just getting into filmmaking. What camera should I buy? It's like, oh, there's just so there's like too many options and you just pick one and go with it. I'm still waiting. I would honestly love to stay in the Apple ecosystem. Um, but the timeline is kind of, or the deadline is kind of coming up for me. Whereas after I produce this course, I am dying using this MacBook Pro for rendering video and rendering 3D. I just need like an actual system. And my MacBook Pro is like a 2013 or something like that. It's pretty old. Um, so I appreciate all the feedback. I still don't know what the hell computer I'm supposed to get next. Um, but I'm keeping my eyes and ears open. Uh, someone said the iMac's been working out for them, and I don't really want that because I already have my Thunderbolt display. I guess it could be my second is external GPUs, but that kind of sounds like a pain in the ass to me. Like, I don't want, like, another box external, you know? So, I don't know. We're all figuring it out. It sounds like other people have a more, you know, solid point of view with it. I'm just so, uh, still just trying to figure that out. But I appreciate 
uh, the updates on all the all the computer such. So that wraps it up for this episode. I still don't know what computer I'm gonna get, but I've been having fun learning more about them. I did get a Drobo drive from Drobo, and Seagate sent me a bunch of drives to throw in there, and I'm kind of diving into the hard drive world a little bit. I know that there's a whole bunch of different hard drive options out there. I don't really know much about them. I've been all G-Tech until now, um, but I'm interested about learning more about this, and it's more and more relevant uh, for Cine Designer and having the right system out there, so hopefully I'll get into some computer reviews, and I'll pick a system, and I'll share that with you guys. Uh, Light Meters, Sakonic and I are going to hopefully be producing like a pretty cool series. We've been talking about really... Um, kind of interpreting and presenting how light meters are used today, which is different than how they were used 10 years ago and much different than 20 years ago, but they're still relevant and I think there's just not a lot of education out there other than people who've been to film school to talk about how they're used. So we're going to try to make something um, maybe later this summer. Uh, what else is going on? The Leica Q is something that's really interesting to me. I'm kind of thinking about it as like kind of the highest end Instagram camera there is because it's a full frame camera. It's a compact. It has a fixed lens that's pretty wide, like a 24 or 28, something like that. And it's a fast prime. And it looks really nice. Like the book is really round and has a really nice shallow wide lens, like, you know, Chivo, <laughs> Revenant, um, Birdman, close cinematography look to it. And, and I, I really like it. The main thing, though, is that it's pretty expensive. And Leica equipment is well regarded worldwide by cinematographers and photographers. No one disputes the quality of Leica cameras. It's just the price. It's expensive. So it's just like, yeah, I'd love to shoot Airy Master Primes or Leica Sumo Lux. They're just really premium. So I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about doing uh, a review on it, but I think it would be fun, especially because there's a Leica store in Boston. Let me know on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever if Leica stuff is something that you'd be interested in seeing uh, me mess around with in the future. Thank you guys for the call-ins. Love to hear more, and I'll talk to you guys next time.